Amen. Go ahead, have a seat. Thanks for being here today. My name is Ken. If we've never met, which is probably a lot of you, uh, I'll be outside afterwards. I'd love to meet you there. Uh, welcome to Mountain View Sunnyside. So Christmas is one of those days uh, where everything drastically changes. It's one of those moments in your life and mine where you cross a threshold and you can't go back. You can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. And we're going to talk about three reasons today of why it's a day that can't ever go back against. It's a day that we can't rewind. It's a day that can't be edited. Uh, it's a day where you can't unsay the things and you can't grab the words, push them back in. It's not one of those. It's a day where everything changes. If you got your Bible, we're going to be in Luke chapter 2. Uh, if you don't have a Bible, but you have a smartphone and you got one of the papers as you walked in, there's a little code down at the bottom. You can scan that with your phone and that'll take your phone right to where we're going to be today. Uh, and we're going to look at the story about Jesus' birth and why this is one of those days where you, there's no rewinding, there's no second chance. It's a day that changes the world. And it changes the world because Christmas is, first off, it's God's presence in the world. Luke says this in Luke chapter 2, verse 1. It says, at that time, the Roman, Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all returned to their own ancestral towns to register for the census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. And he took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child. And while they were there, there came, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. So Christmas is God's presence in the world. It's God moving into human history. If you read the part of the Bible before this, it's the Old Testament. There's 619 laws about what people like you and I have to do for a relationship with Jesus. But they didn't work. You keep reading the book, and eventually you're going to get the prophets. They're, they're men and women that God sent into the world to be God's microphones, to be God's mouthpiece, to communicate the things that he wants to say to people. But it didn't work. And so God came. Because there are some things that you can't fix remotely. There are some things that you need to fix by being there. It's a theology of presence is, is the way that we say it. And so Christmas is God's presence in the world. It's God saying, I need to be there. I can't just hope everything's going to be okay. I'm going to come into the world. I've got three kids. Uh, Eden is 15. She looks a lot like the girl who is singing here because she is the girl who sings here. Uh, and, and I've got... My son, who's, who's 10, his name is Micah Jude. And if you've been around here any length of time, you know that's not his first name. That's his first and middle name because he's at the 10-year-old crazy stage. So everybody knows his middle name because we're using it often. And we have since he was three. And Anna and I moved down to pastor this church. And in the middle, we've got Ellie. And Ellie is my super confident kid. She's the one who will one day rule the world. And if you see her right now in kids' church or you dropped your babies off with her, you notice that she's, she's got one of those full-on knee brace thing he's on that totally immobilizes her leg, and, and she's got crutches. Uh, that's because she broke her leg. Uh, she's ran thousands of miles and broke her leg playing PE volleyball. And the best part is, is she walked to the car afterwards with a broken leg, which means one thing. Her kids are screwed, right? Mom, it's too far of a walk. I walk to the car with a broken leg. You will walk where I am, right? <laughs> it's going to be a hard day for them. Um, 
So Ellie has moved to the, the downstairs bedroom at our house, uh, which means all three kids have their own rooms right now, and no one is complaining about it. And yesterday, Ellie needed to go upstairs to get some stuff. Uh, and so, like, she's the kid who's going to conquer the world. And so we asked him, do you, do you need help? No, I don't need help. But if you hear a thud, I'd love it if you came and helped me out because that's the moment. There's some things that you show up for. There's a moment where you say, you're going to be okay? Yeah, you're good. you're good. And then you hear the thud and you show up. Christmas is God's presence in the world. It's God running to his people. His presence brings light and strength into every situation because God's presence is God's gift to the world. It's why Christmas starts, because God is going to show up. It can't be solved with another messenger or another set of rules. It needs God to bring light into darkness, to bring peace into chaos to bring hope into a hopeless situation. After service right out there, we're going to have three baptisms, uh, and it's going to be ladies who are declaring their dependence and their trust in Jesus, saying, my old life is gone, my new life has come. Yes, we baptize men, so if you're a man, you're a follower of Jesus, you're out of junior high, man up, because we would love to have had men today. But instead, it's sorority Sunday, and... Uh, <laughs> And so each of them are going to come up and share their story about how Christmas, how Jesus has made a difference in their life. And Sophia Rivas is going to be our first. Uh, and so she's going to share with us what Jesus has done for her. And as she's sharing, if you're thinking, man, I, I need to be next. Uh, I need to be in the next baptism. Talk to me after service, and we'll get you plugged in for our next baptism next month. But in the meantime, here's Sophia. Let's uh, celebrate the good things Jesus has done in you. Good morning, buenos dias, everybody. My name is Sophia, and today is my day to accept my blessings. Life has had its ups and a lot of downs. Life was so heavy at one point in the winter of 2020. It was during the pandemic, and my brother Mike invited me here to Sunnyside for his baptism. In the same church amongst the same people here today. Since that day, Pastor Aaron walked me to the altar and things started to change for me. Here we are, a few years later, and I recently lost my brother. I just recently lost my brother, Mike, and about lost my mind shortly thereafter. Real talk. So my daughter and sister Linda never gave up on the invitations to church or the nice text to remind me that God is good and he is walking with me. After giving my life to the Lord, I felt clean. There were no judgments. It was easier in my head and my heart to forgive others that had harmed me. Like the saying goes, God is good all the time. My faith in, in, in God's love are some of the only non-visual things that have gotten me through recent heartache and loss. A verse that I chose and I loved is Romans 8.18. Half the glory to come, what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory God will give us later. With my walk in life and my walk with God, the words to this scripture have been 100% true, and our God is so good. Today I'm getting baptized because I'm worth it. It's the goodness of God's presence in the world because people need God, because people need Jesus. And so the story continues. 
that night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. And suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. He said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. And suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby Jesus lying in the manger. It's God's presence in the world, but Christmas is also God's grace in the world. Like we, also, we, we hear stories like this about what God has done in Sophia's life, and we think, yeah, she's special. Like she's one of those godly people, and, and God does God things for godly people, and, and then there's me, and, you know, it's, it's not the same. I think you look at this story, and right from the very beginning, God is saying, my presence is coming into the world, but it's not going to come into the world in all the way that you expect, in all the ways that you can explain, in all the ways that you can predict and diagnose and make a plan for. My presence is coming into the world with grace. I love the ways that God messes with the story, that he takes what's expected. Instead of it being ABC, it's AB watermelon, and God takes what our understanding is. And he says, no, I've got something better for you. He shows up to shepherds because nobody shows up to shepherds because nobody trusts shepherds. And, and I mean, if you've memorized the story, if you've watched the Peanuts cartoon, if, if you know the drill, they're guarding their flocks by night. Why are they guarding them? They're guarding them from wild animals, but also from wild shepherds. Like these people are known for stealing stuff. You drive down a big street and there's people lined up on the street selling yard equipment. And you're thinking, that looks like my lawnmower because that is your lawnmower. That's how the shepherds were. If they've got something to sell to you, it's probably hot. They didn't raise that sheep. They raised it over the fence, gave it to their buddy. And God's grace meets them where they are. It's not to say, hey, everything's going to be fine. I'm just going to let you add me onto your life. Just put a cross necklace on it and we're good. It's grace that meets the unmeetable and changes them. The truth is beginning to come out of these lying shepherds because they're the ones who are entrusted to tell the world about Jesus because it's God's grace that comes and changes everything. God's grace is for people like Sophia, but God's grace is also for us. And the blessing of God's grace is that it changes us. It doesn't leave us the way that we are. We don't make ourselves worthy. Jesus makes us worthy. We will never measure up, but Jesus measures up for us. He calls us when we're lost and broken and says, come to me, and now everything is going to change. Janessa is going to share with us now about how that's worked in her life, her story of God meeting her where she is and saying, now everything is about to change. Good morning. My name is Janessa. Um, I was raised in a Mormon home. And I did things I was told because I had to to be considered a perfect Mormon. But growing up, I had no relationship with God. As I was older, I began to resent God 
I was angry that I grew up in a home without a father figure and that my mom wasn't always present because she was constantly working to support my three siblings and me. I was angry at the life that I had. I was resentful and became rebellious. When I was 19 years old, I was engaged and married to a man. Immediately, the marriage began to fall apart because it was not a Christ-centered marriage. Throughout the marriage, I was told daily that I was, wasn't loved, that I was worthless, that I was weak, and that I was nothing, and without that certain individual, I would never amount to anything, and I believed the lies that he was telling me. After three years, the relationship did end in divorce. I blamed God for this happening to me. One day, I was scrolling through Instagram, and I came across a verse that says, but the Lord stood with me and gave me strength. Instantly, I had felt something in my heart change. I believed a sense of hope, but because of my mind and my heart being pulled in all different directions, I pushed that feeling aside. That was until about a few months later, I had had enough. I found myself on my knees, crying out to God, asking him to help me, asking him to take away the anger and the hurt and the guilt that I had been holding on to for so long. I asked him what I was supposed to do, and at that moment, I surrendered my life to Jesus and asked him to lead all of my life. When I opened my eyes, I had felt as if the weight of the world was lifted off my chest, and for the first time in a very long time, I could breathe. A couple days later, I went to my friend Celeste and Gracia's birthday party. I had met amazing people, one of them being their brother John, who invited me to attend church the next day. When I came here to Sunnyside, I didn't know what to expect. I had so many emotions. I was scared, but mostly anxious. Throughout the service, I knew in my heart that the Lord had answered my prayers and was telling me that this is where I was supposed to start. Since surrendering my life over to Jesus, I'm no longer an angry, resentful person. I'm actually the quite opposite. I've had such amazing people who have come into my life who love me and who I love so much. I now know what peace and forgiveness feels like. I've found peace in my daily personal life, my financial situations, my friendships, my relationships. Not only have I been forgiven, but I have been able to forgive those who have hurt me too. I have a strong relationship with my mom, and I'm building a relationship with my dad. I'm pursuing a relationship with the most precious person that I can only thank God for. Most importantly, above all, I have a relationship with God. I'm grateful for all that I've gone through and what I will go through because it has allowed me to find my way back to the Lord, to have faith and to know and understand that he loves me and will forever take care of me and that his plan for me is more perfect than I can ever picture. One verse that has stuck with me and that I love very much is from 2 Timothy 4.17. The Lord stood with me and gave me strength so that I may preach the good news in its entirety for all the Gentiles to hear and he rescued me through a certain death. When we feel like we've hit the darkest places in our lives and we have nothing left to fight for, we have faith, we can have faith that Jesus will stand with us and give us strength. No matter how bad it may seem, he will never leave our side. He will carry each of us out of the dark into light, brighter than we can imagine, and I know that because he's done that for me and he'll continue to do that for me. I'm getting baptized today because I know that I'm worthy that I'm strong, that I'm loved, that I'm precious, and that I'm a daughter of God. So it's God's presence in the world. It's God moving in because he can't fix the problem from a distance, and he chooses not to fix the problem from a distance. It's God's grace for the world that moves toward the world that doesn't deserve it but receives it because God is a gracious God. And the story continues. 
After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about the child. And all who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. It's God's presence that makes a difference. It's God's grace that brings sinful, broken people into a relationship with a perfect God. And then it's God's invitation. Christmas is God's invitation to the world. He's saying, I'm coming into the world to bring the world to me. That's the message of Christmas. It's something that starts because God sees the world that he created and he loves it. Christmas is about the love of God being mobilized. And the reason why it's mobilized is because you and I are sinners who have sin in our lives that separate us from God's perfect love. It's not because we're bad people. It's because we're people. And by definition, we're separated from the love of God. And so Christmas is God putting an action plan to the separation between God and his sinful people. Christmas points to the day where God would, Christmas, Jesus' birth points to Jesus' death. The manger always leads to the cross. And the reason why the manger leads to the cross is because without the cross, Christmas is just a day. The cross gives significance to the rest of the Christmas story. Because the cross is where Jesus, 33 years later, puts his perfect life on the cross to pay for your sins and mine. It's a birth that begins by God's action. It's God's activity that gets everything started, and it culminates at the cross. Where the sin that separates you and me, which makes us unclean before God, is forgiven once, forever, completely, in total, past, present, future, by one action, one day. It's the next day that can't ever be taken back because Jesus trades his perfect life for our broken and sinful lives. Jesus becomes sin so that you and I become the righteousness of God. It's a great exchange where Jesus, who was born on Christmas Day, heads into Good Friday to become sin for the whole world, you and me included. Hebrews chapter 2 says it really, really well. It's written to a group of people who's asking, does this work and is this actually going to be worth it? Is this Jesus, somebody who's actually going to make a difference? Is he going to change me like God changed the shepherds? And it says this, because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood, the son also became flesh and blood. For only as a human being could he die and only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. Only in this way could he set free all who have lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. It's the whole end result of Christmas, that Jesus came into the world on Christmas to be crucified on Good Friday and then to rise from the dead three days later on Easter Sunday. It fits together perfectly to communicate to the world. It's not just good news for Israel. It's not just good news for church people. It's good news to everyone who receives it. That God loved the world so much that he sent Jesus. He sent Jesus because we're separated from God because of our sin. And that through Jesus, there's forgiveness of sin. There's new life in Jesus. That's earned on the cross and it's guaranteed on Easter Sunday in the resurrection. Why? Because God changes lives. Because Jesus changes lives. Tracy is going to come and share with us about how that has worked in her life. I am 
I'm Tracy. Happy Sunday, fun day. <laughs> I surrendered my life to Jesus October 4th because he died to save me from my sins. My life is now lived in gratitude and appreciation. It's a great thing that God wants a relationship with me. I am safe and secure with God. God has shown me signs of his presence in my life. He's helping me quit my addictions and not follow through when I want to go back to things that I used to do in my old life. God is my someone to talk to and he listens to me without criticism, with forgiveness. My God gives second chances and never gives up on people. God has given me a purpose in life to care for animals. God sees me and knows me and I am blessed to be loved by God who knows every part about me so well. Proverbs 12.10 says, the righteous care for the needs of their animals. Be the kindest, acts of wicked are cruel. God's love for me is even beyond my love for animals. I am full of gratitude to my God who loves me and died for me and has given me a way to care for his creation. My purpose is to be the voice of animals. Being kind to animals is godly. Today, I am getting baptized because I want to leave my old life behind and surrender completely to Jesus. It's Christmas with a purpose. It's Christmas bringing God's presence in the world. It's Christmas bringing God's grace into the world. And it's Christmas bringing God's invitation into the world. It's the same then as it was today. You and I are separated from God by our sins, and so God took on human skin to live among us, to die for us, to be risen, to represent to us, to usher us into, to invite us into new life that's only found in him. That's why today happens. Without the cross, without the empty tomb, Christmas is another day and another disappointment. Though with the empty tomb, it's God's guarantee to say what I did then, I'm going to continue to do as long as the earth is around. He's going to continue to rescue people from their sin and to lead them into a relationship with him. God meets us where we are, but he never leaves us as he found us. He did that for the shepherds to take lying people and turn them into messengers where everything they say is actually true. And the same thing that he did then he wants to do again, and he wants to do in you. Let's stand and pray.